random thoughts on Wyoming basketball. Your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks again for joining us on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball with your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. And joining us today is Ian McMacken, the publisher of the Go YO Go uh, website. Uh, sad times here in uh, Wyoming basketball land. Uh, Clay, how you doing today? Yeah, for three optimistic guy. I mean, we've kind of all been on the optimistic side this season. Uh, this week was kind of a, a kick to the old uh, family jewels. Would you agree with that, Ian? Yeah, I came this week with uh, expectations of at least successful. He's getting maybe a win this week. Uh, I knew going down to Colorado State was going to be tough. Fortunately, I didn't make it up to Fort Collins. It snowed here in Denver and failed uh, <laughs> some plans and after the game after watching it on tv i was quite uh quite happy i did not go up to fort collins for that game well unfortunately for me i was sitting in that arena and i had to listen to those rammy fans hooting holler the whole time it was it was pretty disgusting uh so on today's show we'll just go uh go through some headlines there's only one real thing to mention uh then we'll talk about the UNLV loss like we've been talking about in the CSU game. And then we'll kind of give a look ahead to what we got the rest of the season and then maybe kind of talk more even about the, the future here. Uh, so let's see here. All right, the headline uh, news item is uh, Josh Adams is uh, playing on a USA team. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell us a little more about this? You've got some info on this. Yeah, what I know is he got invited to the U.S. Basketball World Cup qualifying team practice. Now he's participating in live competition. It's actually a, a big deal for him to get this, uh, be invited to this team, be put on this team. There's a lot of good former college players that are playing on this uh, club. Really, some of the best players that aren't in the NBA are participating. So, And they've already played a few games, I believe. So that is a, definitely a feather in his cap. Yeah, I believe in this is I don't have the this is not official anyway, but I did I do believe I saw that he scored like nine points in the first game, but I could be wrong on that. So that's I should get I do a little more research before I just throw stuff out there. Uh, Clay, uh let's get this dive into this UNLV loss. Uh 56 to 66 was the, the final score. Uh, why don't you give me some of your initial thoughts on this one? Like that just kind of flaked us down the stretch and ended up losing by 10 points. 
Well, Clay, I see you're you're a believer in fake news, I guess, then, because I think you might be forgetting. Wyoming was up two to nothing in this game. Did you forget that? So we had two in this game. Don't short change us. Come on. You're, you're better than that. Uh, so, yeah, Wyoming did take a two nothing lead, and then UNLV proceeded to go on a 10 0 run to make it 10 2. And then we, I don't know, well, before I delve too much into it more, why don't you give me some of your initial thoughts on this one? I know you were particularly disappointed in this effort. Yeah, I thought this was an opportunity uh, for the Cowboys to a game that they could win. Um, my just my experience watching this league for all the years I've watched it is when you got a team coming up from Las Vegas or San Diego or some of those locations and at a midweek game um, coming up to altitude. Normally, you're, the Wyoming basketball team is going to have some intangibles on their side. I really felt was hoping the Cowboys had come out and really play with that extra edge to really get a jump on UNLV. What I ended up seeing was we played portions of good basketball. I thought we did fairly good defensively in the game, did decent on the boards, not great on the boards. We did keep them off the, you know, they ended up with seven offensive rebounds and they actually are one of the top in the, in the country in offensive rebounds. So we did yeah, on that. Did there. Yeah. The two areas that killed us, turnovers 19 turnovers we play a slow pace and we turn the ball over 19 times the other area that really we i just felt like we had a, a lot of open shots had a lot of open threes that just didn't go down uh hunter thompson and oh six oh for six from the floor you know you throw the oh for six he goes three for six from the floor i think that makes a, a big difference three for six from the arc is what I should say. You know, he hits a couple of those shots in some key moments. Maybe Jake Hendricks hits another shot. All of a sudden, that five-possession game, four-possession game ends up being into the Cowboys' favor. That's kind of the way I looked at it. Yeah, this one was frustrating. Uh, let me just give some of, the, uh, some of the initial stats on this one. So at the half, we were down after that lead that Clay was talking about that we had. Uh, and what was the lead, Clay? Was it like 21-20? You know, remember what that And what was the time in the game at that point? Okay, so then we finished the half down 2330. Uh, we shot 32% in the first half, which was a real killer. Like Ian said, if we would have came out there and, you know, we had the home court advantage, the midweek game, UNLV on the road, if we kind of would have punched them in the mouth to start the game off, could have been a completely different game, but we come out. You know, I don't know if it was low on energy or not, but certainly cold from the field, like Ion was saying. Uh, shot 32% in the first half, and you know, that's just not going to get it done. Uh, and then the second half, 33-36, uh, to 36, they outscored us by three in the second half as well. Uh, just give some of the uh, – like Ion was saying also on this, is we, we played pretty good defense. Uh, UNLV was 23-53 from the field, which is 43.4%. That's, you know, solid – not great, but not terrible. They were 422 from the three-point line, which 18.2%. So I'm sure they missed them open looks, but that's great three-point, you know, defense. Uh, the real problem and the way UNLV was able to put this game away is they were 16 of 16 from the free throw line. And that was disappointing because they are a fairly mediocre free throw shooting team. They're 68% on the season and they managed to shoot a hundred percent on the game. That's just bad free throw defense. I, we need to improve our free throw defense. Isn't that right, Clay? Yeah, the free throw defense. 
Well, let me interrupt you there, Clay. Just to, we did miss towards the end of the game. We actually started off real good, and we were allowing a 14 from the game, which is 78.6%. But I think what you're kind of thinking of is James. I think James started off 9-9 nine nine from the free throw line, but he missed his last three, and they were kind of right in crunch time. So sorry to interrupt you there. Go ahead, Clay. Sure. Uh, and let me just wrap up what our shooting numbers were. I gave you UNLV's uh, 41.3% from the, the field. Not great. 26.9% from the three-point line in a home game. That's awful. And like I had mentioned, 11 of 14 from the free throw line, 78.6%, which is solid. Uh, Ian, why don't you talk about the rebounds? I know you were kind of had a point on that. Well, I don't think the Cowboys rebounded great. I just think they did enough to rebound to win the game. I don't think we lost the game because of rebounds. In fact, we were near even with them in the in the second half. They only ended up with seven offensive rebounds. This is a, a program that typically rebounds really well offensively because they're very athletic. They usually have a lot of length and uh, quickness. That's just the way the UNLV program's been molded through the years. And I thought we did a, a, a decent job there. I, you know, good enough to win the game. I thought we played good enough defense to win the game. I just, uh, I think the key with us is we, the Cowboys just didn't cash in on some some shots. So that they, if they just hit some shots when that momentum got rolling, um, you know, it's, this is really what this is coming down to for this team is, are they going to shoot the basketball at a decent pace, or are they going to struggle shooting the basketball? Yeah, this team's a very streaky shooting team. Uh, I don't know if we had mentioned this, sorry, and you might have already, but yeah, they're one of the top offensive rebounding teams in the nation. I think they average about 11 per game, and we held them to seven, so I kind of agree with you there. I, and the, the total rebounds, you look at it, we were out-rebounded by 10, and obviously that's not ideal. But I didn't think that was the backbreaker in this game. I thought we kind of, you know, managed to hold our own in that area, and we didn't let them crush us on the offensive boards. It's just we weren't making shots. I mean, you got to make shots. And we just didn't. And yeah, and that's sorry, Clay. Go ahead, finish your thought there. He had one more field goal, so he only had two field goals in a, in a, in a, I think four free throws in the first half. And for us, our star players gotta, we've gotta, you know, you talk about jumping out of the gate or doing something uh, to get hot at the beginning of the game. We need him to be scoring right away. Yeah, and he's a part of these slow starts. And I mean, I know we, I mean, James is not the problem on this team, obviously. I mean. He's playing very good, and he's been playing good lately. But like you said there, Clay, we need him to start off better. You can't, you know, score your first buckets at six minutes to go in the first half if your your team's struggling to score. And he, I think he had like three or four turnovers almost right away, and that kind of helped UNLV get out to that early lead that they had. Uh, Ian, would you agree with that, or, or me and Clay just being too hard on James? I know there's a lot of expected of him, but, I mean, he could – 
seems like he could do more something earlier in some of these games. We all uh, agree that uh, Justin's a very important player. He's one of the great players we've had at Wyoming, um, especially as an offensive player. But his efficiency sometimes offensively is it's hurt the team because when he's he's going to shoot 20 shots a game plus. And if he's having one of those games where he's not shooting 50% from the floor, he's turning the ball over a little bit more. It does hurt this basketball team a lot. And um, he, I feel that he's one of those players that he can pretty much get an open shot or a good shot, almost every possession. And he looks like he has a lot of open shots that he doesn't make, uh, but he does make a lot of shots too. And he, he uses his athletic ability to get open to hit shots. So I, you know, a slow start, there's a lot of pressure on him, but he wants to play in the NBA and this is, this, he has to step up to the occasion. That, yeah, that's one thing that I've been disappointed with in James. Just So I remember the year we had Adams, and he was kind of the superstar in the team, and we didn't have much else. And it just felt like Adams kept us a little more competitive night in and night out in games as opposed to James. It seems like a lot of these games, James struggles early, the lead kind of gets away from us, and then he gets his numbers. Obviously, that's not always the case. Like the, the first CSU game, he was just magnificent in. But Justin's one of the best players we've had at Wyoming, especially as an offensive player. But if you were going to ask me, Josh, because Josh Adams and Justin James both had similar senior type of setups, right, with the team situation, um, yeah. I would say Josh is, is, was a little bit of a more of a gamer, uh, a little bit more consistent. Uh, was probably a better player than Justin James was, and that's not a knock on Justin because believe me, I, I think I think the world of kid. I think he's he's a terrific terrific player uh but if you some we were having this debate after one of the basketball games with somebody and and i just feel like josh adams was definitely an, a, a level up on justin james when you're comparing the two senior seasons yeah i would agree and just to kind of piggyback on what you said about james there i have been really impressed with his attitude and demeanor this season i mean obviously it's been a frustrating season for you know fans players coaches alike but he, at least on the court, I mean, I don't know what he's like behind closed doors, but on the court, he seems to continually be, be coaching up the young guys and encouraging them. And it would be very easy to just, you know, be a negative force instead of a positive force out there. Well, I want to add about uh, Justin. Uh, Justin James is, came with a great attitude. I, I just know even in the locker room, that sort of thing, he's been a great leader. So he's done all those things really well. I mean, he's, he's been a leader. He's kept a positive attitude. Um, going through this tough stretch, he's still positive with his teammates. He's not woe me type attitude with the losses. So that's one thing he needs to be noted for. And you mentioned, you just mentioned that. And I'm glad you did because I think that's important. Yeah, that's easy to forget in a frustrating season like this. Clay, why don't you uh, kind of break down that end of the game there for us when we kind of made our run, and what did you see in that that time? Well, we had, uh, like I said, it's about uh, 3.34 left in the game. We were down by two, and um, that's when uh, James had a chance to cut it to one with an and one, but he missed the and one. And then after that, down that stretch for the last uh, three, around three minutes, we had um, every possession we had was uh, either we had a missed layup in there. Everything was turnovers other than we hit one, uh, one three-pointer in that stretch for the rest of the game. And so that's what, that was pretty much our downfall uh, from 334 on. 
Yeah, so the 334, the score was 55-53, and the final score was 66 to 56. So in the last, you know, three and a half minutes, we outscored 11 to three. And that, in closing time, that's just not going to get it done. Although I did think we kind of got hosed there. Um, I, I think there was like a minute and a half to go. We were down by six. James took it to the hoop. Looked like he clearly got fouled on the elbow. Didn't get the call. And then after that, you know, we kind of had to get in the fouling game. And as we talked about already, you know, they were 16 to 16 for the free throw line. So they, you know, just kind of put the game away there. Ian, did you agree with that? No call or non-call? Or am I just being a homer over here? Coaching staff was uh, pretty <laughs> vibrant on the sideline after that play. So they seem it was right in front of the Cowboy coaching staff's bench. So they they thought it was a foul. I got a feel that it was a foul if they feel that way. And it was a big play in the game. I mean, guy goes to the line, hits, hopefully hits two free throws. You know, it does change the complexion the last minute of the game a little bit. For sure. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting the kind of a, a sense of deja vu. It almost feels like we've talked about this already before. I'm getting a deja vu feeling right now myself. The one here. <laughs> For sure. uh, so we talk, now let's get to some of the individual performances uh, in this one. Uh, James, you know, he did sl start slow, but, you know, he did manage to play a pretty good game. Well, it, he – I say good game – he was good. He was either great or he was awful. I mean, there was no in between. He started the game bad. Like we said, he wasn't scoring. He had like three or four turnovers right away. And then there was a, you know, a, a middle section there of about, you know, 25 minutes of game time where he was just fantastic. I mean, 25 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals. I mean, like Ian said before, there are some games where he's not very efficient from the field, but he was seven of 14 from the field, 50%. That's good. Shot 50% from three, two of five from the uh, three-point line. Um, nine of 12 from the – sorry, let me clarify that. He was two of five from the three-point line, and he was nine of 12 from the from the stripe. And I think he did miss his last three, which was disappointing, and those were clutch free throws like Clay was mentioning. Uh, so he, And he had two pretty awesome dunks, which I thought might have been on top ten, but he got stiffed. And then to finish the game, let me just add that. So – so started slow with the turnovers, had an awesome middle. And then like Clay was saying at the end, he had like three turnovers down the stretch. So how would you clarify this game? Ryan? Was James great in this one? Was he good? Was he average? This one's kind well, of a tough one to get down with those numbers with the nine turnovers. Yeah, we talked a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about importance for James. And I look at that box score, that's exactly where he needs to be honestly he needs to be at least 50 percent from the floor i think he shot good enough from the arc at two for five he did a decent job from the free throw line uh, did, did great on the board so i think if he can do those statistics across the board for every game I, the cowboys are going to be in okay shape in my opinion uh, now i think there were some dead turnovers by him and a big one by AJ Banks, which by the way, I think AJ Banks is starting to play better basketball. I really do. I, I can see him starting to take his game up to another level, which is is good news. But uh, just some really tough turnovers. I, I, this game really came down to the supporting cast. It wasn't Justin James. It was that supporting cast not stepping up and making some shots. I really, that's really what I see. And then the nineteen yeah. turnovers. I agree with you. Banks in this one, he had nine points, four assists, two rebounds, two steals. 
he had a really sweet series of plays there where he hit that awesome reverse layup. He just hovered in the air, which I thought that should have been on top 10 too. And then he came down on the other end, got a steal. And then when we made our run late in the game, you know, he had a sweet, you know, coast to coast layup where he just burned everyone. And I think he would really benefit from playing at a faster tempo, but that's just not what we're doing right now. Uh, Clay, do you have the, the scores on this one? I know you kind of like to look at this stat, like, UNLV had four scores in the doubles. Do you know how many Wyoming had? I think you you could guess if you didn't know. Uh, Wyoming had one. Justin James with 25 points. Um, they, now, they had a lot of uh, guys right at that uh, almost in double digits. Bank, Hendricks, Taylor, all 9, 8, and 8. Uh, one that sticks out like a punch in the face to me is Hunter Thompson. 28 minutes, uh, 2 for 10 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. Yeah, and there's a lot you just said there that I, you know, that I have thoughts on. Uh, Young only playing two minutes, so I guess kind of after the game that Edward, you know, said in the, you know, the press that, you know, the Young, I'm trying to think how he worded it. He, do you, did you remember how he said that, Ian? He said he wasn't playing the way he wanted, but he he then he kind of went back on it and was like, well, he's he's still part of the team and he's, but... I think he was just uh, pointing out that I've, and a lot of this maybe just being a freshman that sometimes he's not with doesn't feel like he's with the team. He said it wasn't in a, in a super negative way or in a disrespectful way. He just sometimes looks a little aloof uh, out there. Um, yeah. And I think that's what he was referring. So what I'm hoping and I'm assuming that he's just trying to put a little spark under Young. I mean, he does have some defensive lapses, and he certainly has some lapses with his shot selection at times. And then he, he occasionally makes some really silly turnovers, throws uh, that gets picked off. You can always count on him to do two or three of those a game. So I think that's what Edwards was referencing, and I think he was probably just maybe trying to put a little fire under Trace Young uh, here in the remaining games. Which, and I can kind of see that. If just this one game, if he's going to be like, okay, you know, we're going to set him down, you know, you know, he's not playing the way I want him to, got to teach him a lesson. But then we, and I'm not going to talk about it too much because we're going to talk about the CSU game next, but so I was kind of hoping he would bounce back and he would play young, you know, this normal amount of minutes that he'd been playing him, you know, around 25 minutes a night, but he only played eight minutes in that game as well. I just think, I think this is a very slippery, slippery slope for Edwards. 
because he's got a few guys. I mean, he's got, obviously we have a short man rotation with all the injuries and the guys leaving and he's, you know, Porter and, you know, is not ready to play at the D one level yet. He's apprehensive to play Fornstrom, the walk on. So he's got limited guys he can play with. So if you want to, you know, set a guy for disciplinary reasons, it's kind of tough, but okay. I can respect him doing that with young in this one, you know, because like you said, I, and sometimes he's aloof and he'll jack up his 35 foot point three pointer when that's not what we need. But I just feel like if he loses some of these young guys and they decide, you know, and that's the culture of, you know, college athletics now with a lot of these young guys like to transfer. I, I just, and I think of a lot, if he, you know, kind of loses young and young transfers and Porter transfers. I just, I, I don't think that speaks very well for Edwards on this losing season. Plus he's not, you know, keeping some of this young talented team, you know, because I think there's some differing opinions, but I think we would all agree that there's a lot of talent in these young guys, right? Yeah, I, am, I would think agree. Yes. I, I'd look at a foundation. I'm comparing it this uh, group of freshmen to previous Wyoming freshman classes. And I, I truly believe there's potential for this uh, core of players to develop into a, a good basketball group, a basketball team. I believe the talent's there. I they do have to work in the off season, get better, improve on their games. You're going to have Maldonado coming back as a sophomore next year. Um, you're going to have Bradley belt, uh, which is a talented player uh, in the lineup next year, hopefully. Um, so, I mean, there's a core of underclassmen players here that can be built into a successful Wyoming basketball program in the future, team in the future, if the right pieces are added on top of them, in my opinion. So, well, yes, you, I, I see it that way, too. So, Clay, do you agree that there's some young, talented team? Because I know there's posters on the message boards that don't think there is much talent in these young guys. I think there is talent. Now, if we can get – Now, I agree with, you know, everything you said there, but don't you also kind of think it's a slippery slope if he's going to, like I said, he should be allowed to kind of set some of these young guys down and they need to learn a lesson the hard way. But, man, I just worry in today's culture with these guys transferring at a, you know, high rate that if you lose a young and another guy that transfers, I mean, at that point I might be, I mean, I was kind of planning on talking about this after we talked about the CSU game, but. If he lose two or three of these young guys, I mean, do we 
And coming off this bad season, do we bring Edwards back? I am. I just kind of jumping the gun on this, or I mean, isn't that a slippery slope? The the game he's kind of playing with Young right now, or am I just? It, it could be, but I also, under his standpoint, he wants to. It's important to him to have discipline within the program and getting everybody on the same page uh, of what the team goal is. So I kind of understand what he's doing there, and he's obviously seeing some things with Young right now. He's just trying to put a little fire under him and change his perspective, because uh, to win, it's always the best teams that are going to win, not the most athletic, the most talented. You want to have, you got to have that best team mentality uh, to have success. We've had some Wyoming teams in the past that, by the way, they had some pretty good athletic talent on them, and they never. Sure seem to achieve their goals and i'm going back to long time ago in some situations and they didn't achieve their goals because they didn't play very well as a unit they didn't not it wasn't that one team focus on all the players so i do understand what edwards is doing i i see your point of view you, you get a little nervous about a guy sitting down a talent like a young uh you know is you know is he going to be one of the guys that would walk out of the program at the end of the year i don't really know what the situation is going to be um i don't think that's necessarily going to happen but i i can i do see that concern there too and i just wanted to mention on young so his three previous games before the before the unlv game he had 13 points three rebounds two turnovers so he is a turnover guy like you, you said i am uh seven points uh, six rebounds, two assists, uh, three turnovers, eight points, five rebounds, a block, and one turnover. And he was averaging, you know, about 26 minutes a night there. I mean, I see some real positives in those numbers. He, you know, is hitting some threes, six, uh, a six-rebound game and a five-rebound game for a team that struggles to get guys rebounding. And I would say rebounding is kind of a want-to skill, right? I mean, so it's, it's not like he's out there and not doing anything. I just – I mean, I just this kind of came out of the left field for me from him playing 26, 27 minutes a game. And I thought he'd kind of been a bright spot. And uh, now he played two minutes in the UNLV game and then he played eight in the CSU game. Did you kind of either you guys see this coming, Clay? Did you see this coming with Young or are you kind of surprised like me? And yeah, like you say, I mean, it's hard. It could be grades or something like that. So I'll just kick it to you, Ian. Did this kind of surprise you with Young kind of getting in the doghouse, or did you kind of see this one coming? I was surprised, but again, I'm not always surprised by anything because you always get hit in left field. A lot of times with things that just happen, you get a press release, this has happened to this player, this player's quit the program. So nothing <laughs> ever completely surprises me anymore, but 
I didn't see Young uh, playing terribly bad, but I, d- I did see moments of him. You know, I do kind of see where he a little relaxed with throwing the passes, maybe a breakdown on defense on occasion, making some bad uh, shot selection. So, uh, I mean, I've seen points of him doing those type of things, so it's really hard to pinpoint. But I think the quote by Edwards after uh, the, the UNLV game, I think was probably a pretty good summary uh, of what the situation is right now. So... Okay, and there's one more. I don't want to. I mean, we we're kind of running along on this game already. Uh, so this one more individual thing I wanted to mention, just because in previous podcasts we kind of mentioned that this guy's kind of the, you know, he's not the engine of the team, but as this guy goes, we often go, and that's Jake Hendricks. You know, eight points in this one, three of ten from the field, two of eight from three. I mean, we're just going to need more out of him. Uh, is there any other individual stats in this game that either you guys jump out to you guys that you want to mention before we move on? Clay, let me start with you. Is there anything else you want to mention about this one? Uh, well, not really uh, anything other than Thompson I thought stood out. And, and Young just kind yeah, of he's really hit the wall. Yeah, but, you know, I do like the fact that, you know, Taylor, Hendricks, Banks are scoring, you know, more than two or four points. And then they're up there, the 8, 8, 9, but things like that. And that's great, but like I said, we just have to have that one other guy sneak up in the mid-teens there, and then that gets us out of it. The dreaded 50s that we seem to be stuck in the mud in most of the year. When we get out of the 50s, we seem to, you know, have more success in those games, obviously, when we don't give up 80. But we've had good success out of the 50s this year. That's a real novel concept there that you just said, Clay. If we score more points, we do better. You need to... You need to get into coaching. Ian, do you have any more uh, individual thoughts or, or performances on this one you want to mention before we move on? I think we hit this uh, game pretty good. Um, not that I want to talk much about the Colorado State game, but I guess we can move on to that game now. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move on. Since Ian so desperately wants to talk about the CSU game, I guess we can move on. <laughs> uh, so CSU, this game was yesterday uh, in Fort Collins. Uh, final score of Wyoming 48, CSU 83. And you guys are a little older than I am and go back a little longer with this team. Not that I guess this matters for this question I'm going to ask, but did I see somewhere that this was the worst loss in the border war history for Wyoming? Can either of you guys confirm that? I am. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm here. I, I've been to some, a lot of games at Moby arena through the years. I've seen Wyoming get blasted there on a number of occasions, but that's over 20 years of, of basketball down there. Uh, so, yeah, I think what happened with this basketball game, again, Cowboys are two of 26 from the arc, uh, didn't shoot the ball well from the field, missed a lot of layups uh, and CSU when they're playing at, at the Moby arena, they're no different in the years when we play in the double a they're playing at home. They have their orange out and then they start, making shots that they weren't making up in Laramie. We're missing shots. Sure. I mean, we're missing tons of shots. I mean, it's not surprised the game got out of control. I mean, you do this, you know, if anybody comes in the Laramie and shoots 
to a 24 from the arc and then we come out and shoot 50 percent from the floor we're probably going to blow some teams out by 30 points too so but again it's just disappointing that there wasn't some laser focus with a lot of times i think shooting sometimes comes down just focusing and 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 doing some things you're not going to have every shot fall but when you're going two or 24 from the arc and shooting they missed so many layups in this game wasn't even funny or short jumpers that type of thing um so their hat this team has to somehow find it inside themselves to start making some shots in those type of situations now this is kind of a chicken or an egg kind of one of those debates but i thought like you said, two of twenty-four from three-point line. I heard two of twenty-four is the number I have, but you had two of twenty-six. You know, whatever. It's just atrocious either way. Sixteen of fifty-two from the field, thirty-point-eight percent. Uh, we did go fourteen of fourteen from the free-throw line, which obviously is good. But so let me get back to the chicken or the egg. So I thought we had some quality looks in this, but maybe I know a lot of people on the message boards, and I'm not certainly I'm not necessarily disagreeing with it that. We don't run a very good offense. Like we're not, but it did seem like we had lots of good shots. Is it, does it just come down to making or missing the shots? Clay, what do you think on that? I mean, we did. We had good shots. Um, You know, I just think, like I said, what frustrated fans see sometimes is a lack of production on the offensive end. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we do take bad shots. We talked about using the clock down too far. taking a low percentage shot so that happens at times but I've also felt like we've had plenty of open looks but when you're you know two for 24 from three um, we've had 24 looks uh, that's pretty good Um, it wasn't like Nevada who was pretty much kind of stymieing us out there and kind of pushing the ball out making us take more I mean these were legitimate shots you know those ones where you see it go up and you're like, hey, it's in. No, it's not. You know, um, I felt that the whole game. I just kept thinking, you know, we were kind of right around the rim, um, but it just wasn't falling. And when you, you know, you only make 16 out of 52, and uh, you know they make 13 threes, you're just not going to win that basketball game. So I don't think it's an offensive problem, at least not in this game. We did enough opportunities we just didn't capitalize on them. I where, where do you come down on that debate or is it's probably a mixture of both that you know our offense isn't the best but I thought there are plenty of good looks from good shooters we're just we weren't hitting them yesterday yeah, I agree with both of you guys I again I'm got the replay in the background I was watching that stretch about the 16 minute mark of the second half where Wyoming was actually gaining some momentum with an opportunity to start cutting into that 16, 15 point lead. And they had about three or four shots from three that just hit the back of the iron or just rimmed right out. You know, you knock a couple of those shots, you get the game down under 10 points. Uh, you, you might have a little different situation going on, but they just seem like they, they had a, just had a lot of shots out there they were missing. And I think you guys nailed, nailed that pretty well and summarized it well. But just like kind of like you were mentioning about the last game, and I know just be claim, you know, label as a homer here, but if we get five of those, you know, if we have five more threes, so that would be seven of 24. That's very reasonable that we could shoot like that. And like we kind of talked about, there was some plenty of open looks from good shooters that could hit those shots. 
And on the other hand, CSU, if they, you know, they hit 13 threes, which is a high number for them. If they hit five less, which is reasonable, I mean, that's a 30-point swing. I mean, that makes this a game. I know, I mean, we got whooped. We deserve to get whooped. You know, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to give our team excuses, but a lot of times it just comes down to you got to put the, you got to put the biscuit in the basket. But, uh That's the one thing we're doing good right now. Yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> but see, you know, there's certain things you can, you know, um, you know, 15 turnovers isn't brilliant, but it was better than the 19 in the last game before that. So it's just there's different things you can kind of clean up that can give you better, you know, more chances. And but you know, I just I just want to say, you know, when you're two for 21, <laughs> I mean, you're just it just kills you. It's all those opportunities lost. And, and I would expect our guys are capable of hitting, you know. At a oh, yeah, we've seen it before. I mean, eight or ten percent score. I mean, of course we have. Only 13. And uh, but like I say, even if we just get eight, you know, it's a lot closer game. It puts pressure on the other team. And when the game's close, every possession just becomes a little bit more tense. And when you're just. When they're making 13 threes and we're making two and they're just getting a lead and playing on the pad the whole game, they can just freely do whatever they want with no pressure on them. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen such a stark contrast in shooting numbers than this game. So we were 30.8% from the field, 8.3% from the three-point line, which those are just atrocious numbers. And then we were 14 of 14 for 100% from the free throw line. Those numbers just don't even make sense to me. Like, how can you be so good from the free throw line, but you can't hit a basket anywhere else on the court? Ryan, you have any more thoughts about the kind of this debate we're having here, or do you want to move on? Well, the Edwards tenure has been kind of uh, really been kind of defined by because we shoot a lot more threes in the previous 10 years that at Wyoming and we really when the his program is shot well from the arc they've usually won games and then they've had those games where when they've just come out and been flat out uh ineffective shooting we've seen games like 27 and nothing against Air Force and I think this had kind of the same similar feel to it wait it's the way Edwards operates things. Um, he wants a team that, you know, takes those open shots. Now, as this program matures, hopefully matures going forward, the one thing that we want to see is obviously you got to, you got to get better on the defensive side of the ball. You know, San Diego State plays really good defense, and a lot of times when they're not shooting, they still keep themselves into yeah. into the game. We just take a lot of shots, and there's other parts of this program, this team that needs to get better. But I would say just for the rest of the season, uh, if the Cowboys can shoot the ball decently, uh, they're, they're going to have a chance to win win some games I, I do believe that despite what happened in fort collins um if they can shoot the ball a little bit better uh they got some teams on the schedule that they can still nab a couple more wins i believe but you can't do what you did the last uh two games uh shooting with unl being colorado state sure uh 
had a point there, but I forgot it. So let me just move on to the next one. I have uh, rebound on people, Mark. So <laughs> you put me to sleep. I didn't know. So rebounds in this one was not pretty. Uh, we got out rebounded twenty-five to forty-one. Uh, offensive rebounds weren't that bad, I guess. We limited them to eight. And we only have three. Gosh, I just I'm just so f- so okay. Back to what you were saying about the Edwards team shooting a lot of three pointers, which I actually agree with. If they're good looks, you know, take them. I think that's one way. You know, when you're not in those four or five star recruit players that Wyoming never gets, really. I think the three-point, you know, shot is the the great equalizer in college athletics. We've kind of mentioned this before, but when you see, like, a team like like Belmont or somebody going to run in the, the big tournament, you know, like a, a, you know, non-power team, it's probably usually because they're hitting a lot of three-pointers. So I do agree with that philosophy. But one philosophy I just it, I can't get behind is Edwards' rebounding philosophy. It just it seems like a loser's mentality that we just we don't attack the offensive boards, and it just I mean if we were winning I would live with it, but we're not. I just it frustrates me to no end that we that he won't he refuses to even try to be like okay, you know we've been losing, you know let's try to really. Uh, Hit the offensive boards. Let's see if that makes a difference. We'll get a, you know, a few easy putbacks. Or Clay, would you agree with that, or am I just going crazy here? Well, we talk a lot about adjustments, and uh, you know, it's just finding something that's going to get you those extra points you need, or or whatever. Um, and in our case, that's just extra opportunities to score. Sometimes when you do get those offensive rebounds, you go up, you get, you draw a lot of fouls. opportunities and um, we need every opportunity we can get I'm, I'm okay with your philosophy on that just get do something different if it's not working and you need to try to do something else to make it work I, I have no problem with trying to take the, a strategy for offensive boards but just in that game yesterday like CSU had several second chance opportunities that hurt us and they got them just for the simple fact that they they didn't run as soon as they shot the ball. They didn't run back on the other side of the quarter. They took a shot. It, it ended up being a long rebound that kicked out, and a CSU guy happened to be just standing there. Now Wyoming had several of those opportunities, but unfortunately for us, we're already back down on the other end of the court. Uh, I, how do you feel about his rebounding philosophy? I think that's an area that's going to have to improve going forward. I Cowboys are really going to have to focus on getting a interior player too. That's a junkyard dog who gets in there and gets offensive rebounds who can finish really effectively around the rim. It seems like more years of not this last decade, we've been a team that's not been a really great rebounding team. And I really think even if you're going to shoot the ball a lot and do that sort of stuff from the perimeter, you still need to be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive board. So that's one area that really hurts this team because it, what it does is makes the, the margin slimmer and winning. You have to hit more shots. You have to be sure. more efficient shooting the basketball uh, when you don't have, you know, teams like UNLV and San Diego State, Fresno State are good offensive rebounding teams. Teams, and they don't have to come out and shoot lights out every game to win. And the Josh Davis, Marcus Bailey team, uh, going back many years, 
They'd have games where they shot three or fourteen from the arc, uh, but they'd always find a way to win that game. And a lot of times, they got a lot of gritty rebound, offensive putbacks to win games. So um, that's an area I just I think going for the Wyoming basketball program has to do a better job with. But that's the question: Is he? It does, he doesn't seem willing to be to, to change this philosophy. I mean, we we continue to not even rebound on when we're shooting free throws. I. We're one of the only teams in the country that don't put guys up there to rebound their own free throws. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with with the the personnel and the experience of the team right now. And we're playing a slower pace. I mean, we're not even doing a lot of the things that I think he wants to do just with the the four or five freshmen we've played and having the limited roster now last year we weren't a great offensive rebounding team either the year before that we weren't a great offensive rebounding team so i'm hoping that's something that is he you know hopefully his depth builds up in the program and if you know i'm sure the people that are listening to this to think he should be fired at the end of the season probably wonder sure. what the hell i'm talking about they're like well what do you mean i and Ed, edwards is going to be back next year well we don't really don't know at this point my guess is he probably will be back next year but um just to talk about what he needs to do with this program we need to get better in that area we need to get more gritty tougher stronger and off season the workout program getting all the the players more physically ready to be better rebounders there's just a lot of different areas that need to improve then maybe that when that happens and we'll start to do better at being more aggressive towards the offensive boards i know we're kind of getting sidetracked you know on some of this future talk but i had another point there so i just think so, obviously, to start the season, you know, when he had his full alignment of players, you know, Edwards likes to play an up-tempo game. And then all these injuries happen. So, he had to slow it down. I completely see where he's coming from. I have no problem with that. But then as guys kept coming back, some of the younger guys got more experience. Fornstrom joined the team, and I think he's proven yet again that he can play 10, 15 minutes a game. He's not going to kill you. So, he's got, you know, nine legitimate bodies right now. With Porter, and I understand Porter is pretty raw, but, I mean, you're losing games anyway. You might as well play your young guys and get them experience. But So you got nine guys. I mean, isn't nine guys enough to try to play your style of basketball? Whereas let's say he does come back next year and we got all these young guys that have played almost a full season at a different, you know, they will have played a full season at the Shiat style. I mean, and then they'll have to learn a whole new system next year. And isn't that kind of – you know, they'll be starting next season behind the eight ball. Am I, am I just, am I wrong there, Clay? Or how do you feel about that? No, I, I mean, I think I would love to see it. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with mixing it up a little bit. You know, you can slow it down sometimes and do some different things. But, you know, we do have enough guys on the bench that could, uh, you know, they can contribute. And they're, like you said, not going to kill you. But um, I, I, you know, I just think it just gives you different looks and it's a good adjustment to, to play an up-tempo game i know what they're trying to do and i get it but i haven't seen evidence that we're really stopping anybody or really slowing them down too much it seems at least in many games i'm not saying it hasn't been foolproof but yeah i, I would just like to see us do some more things that you know um these guys are recruited for a specific style I think the coaches saw them doing specific things that said, yeah, that'll be a fit for my style, my program. And, uh, you know, mix it up a little bit, see what they can do, and then it'll give us that experience for next year, yeah. 
I where do you come in on that? Am I, am I just being too hard on Edwards on this? So I, I think, I mean, like I said, I completely see where he was coming from when he, you know, when this started to slow it down. But I would like him to try to go back and try something different now that we're not winning. Well, at six wins, I don't think we can be too hard on any coach that has only won six <laughs> games. I'm sorry, that's just the way the whole thing works. But yeah. It's just hard for me to gauge right now because I think one of the issues we do have is we our interior guy not is really not a hundred percent. He gets it gets worn down during games and he does have the back issue. Edwards even said something after the Colorado State game, just telling him to grit it out for another four games is what he told him. Then you, you'll be done. That was kind of his attitude. So Naughton's not been really hundred percent. I just think because of the youth, he feels more comfortable slowing the pace down is going to help this team better in, in, in a lot of different areas, just based on the youth and some of the injury issues that have happened. But I don't know. I think this team, uh, when they've actually gone and played up tempo at points, uh, they seem to be pretty good and up tempo team. And I'm with An- AJ Banks is a good up tempo point guard. I can see him doing some damage in, in a fast pace type of uh, game. Yeah, that UNLV game, I think that's kind of when we made our run there to cut it to a 55-53 game. We were playing at a little faster tempo, so I'd like to see more of that. And plus, I just kind of want – and I think Clay had mentioned it during that, you know, when we were talking about the UNLV game. But James and Taylor both played 40 minutes in that game. Banks and Hendricks played 38 minutes in that game. And Knott and Thompson combined played 40 minutes. So we essentially just played, you know, those six guys. I mean – and when a team like UNLV is coming up playing at a higher altitude, I mean, and you're going to play a slower down style, I think that just plays to their benefit because they're, you know, they're not used to the altitude, but you're only going to play six guys. Your guys are going to be more tired than their guys that are playing eight, nine guys. Uh, all right. Well, we can get more back to the CSU game. I know we kind of got deep in the weeds there, but let's uh, – so the rebounds is kind of where we left off. We got, you know, kind of creamed on the boards, which was a major uh, disappointment. Uh, although we did limit Carvacho on the boards. I think he only had seven rebounds, and he's the leading rebounder in the nation. I, I think he still is. Uh, but that was a lot due to foul trouble that we limited to that. He only played 20 minutes in the game. Uh, assist to turnovers. Clay mentioned we had 15 turnovers, which, you know, is bad. But for this Wyoming team, it's not – We've seen a lot worse, but the problem is we only had seven assists. See, you CSU had 15 turnovers, but when that goes with 20 assists, you know that makes a lot of difference. Uh, let's get to some of the individual performance in this one. Uh, James had, you know, a good game statistically: 29 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Uh, he did have the six turnovers. He was effective from the field. He was 12 of 24. Obviously, that's 50 percent. But he was part of the problem with three. He was all four, and some of those were good looks. Uh, Clay, let me shoot it to you over here. Do you have any uh, individual performances you want to highlight here? that I don't know what happened to him, but he has kind of fallen off a cliff. 
uh, statistics wise, and I and I know that there's a lot of pressure on everybody, you know, to kind of step up and do some things. But another one, Hendricks, 37 minutes and only six points. You know, one for nine for three. Uh, those are just areas that just, you know, like I said, that kind of stand out. And we had another what Taylor contributed five, and the other guys that scored only had two. So uh, played, you know, well, let's say seven guys played, you know, Hornstrom was our lowest double-digit guy with 11. And then once again, Trace Wendell with eight minutes. So, yeah, just um, nobody else. We kind of had a, a, in terms of scoring, we had a one-man band out there with 29 points and a few uh, minor contributors. Yeah, so I kind of had a theory on what happened to Hunter Thompson, but I ain't, what, do you, what do you think is happening to Hunter Thompson? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think he's just uh, hitting a little bit of a freshman wall. It's been a mental, you know, he's had some, has an ankle injury right now. He's fighting the flu for a while. So he's just learning as a freshman the grind of, of playing conference basketball. And this is what a lot of fans need to understand is it's not easy to come in this league and not been in the cycle one time, understand how it, what it takes to win in this league. You really have to have that mental understanding or that mental edge. And really the only guy that's uh, – played last year through the conference schedule was Justin James so I think we're starting to see that being a bigger deal because I think a lot of this is more of a mental thing with this team more than anything an experience uh, situation I think Hunter's just a freshman right now that uh, is going through kind of you know you hit that he's hit that wall a little bit is what I think so and I agree with everything you said there but another factor I think that's really hurt him is that he's expected was just with not you know I mean not not getting I know he's back now, and like a lot of people on the message board just want to be like, you know, look at not like he's a completely healthy player right now, and and maybe when the season started before his first injury, where he, I don't know if he, I think he tore his LCL or something like that, and maybe he would have had an effective season this season, but after that injury, you know, he just wasn't able to overcome it and be that effective player that you know that Edwards thought he could be or hoped that he would be, uh, and Thompson's really had to anchor both. The offensive center's position, which I think he could flourish at, and the defensive center position, which I think at best he's only ever going to be maybe average, maybe a little above average. And right now he's certainly below average. And I think that's really hurt him that he's had to kind of man both those spots simultaneously as a freshman. And like you said, he just hasn't been through the grind. He doesn't know what to expect. And he's seen a you know high jump in the talent that he's facing. So – I think that's really hurt Thompson as well. And let me just – yeah, any of you guys have any thoughts on that or can I – No, great points, though. You made some really good points there. Oh, I like hearing that. Thank you. Clay, why don't you tell me how great my points are? No, I do think um, you're right. The talent has increased. And he's played some tough teams, you know, that uh, at least where his position is, is, uh, you know, pretty dang good challenge. So – well, every team is throwing like three or four guys at him, you know. Like they've got three or four six nine, six eleven, you know, guys, and we've got him and a, a guy like Notton who only can play twelve minutes a game. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to be careful being hard on him because, you know, there's more factors than just the box score, and you know, he. The only thing that's just disappointing is he has a, had a lot of open looks on, you know, just from the, the offensive side. Sure. And he's just not. Yeah, his shots really left him lately. Yeah, he's just, you know, 
all confidence, but it's not like he's way off either. He's had a lot of stuff rattle in and out. So he's right there, but you know how it is. You hit a couple of those, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's got 15 points. And so he's capable, and I believe in him. And I know he'll, I know he'll really learn from this year and bounce back next year and be effective as, as he goes on. So the center position, man, it's been a black hole the last five games. So I did some numbers here. So this is combined Thompson and Naughton in the last five games. They've scored a total of 37 points, had 17 rebounds, three blocks, four assists, zero steals, 12 turnovers, but they do have 35 fouls. They're doing good at that stat. So on average, so I, I even went farther than that. So this is Naughton and Thompson combined per game in the last five games. Combined, they've averaged 7.4 points, 3.4 rebounds, uh, 2.4 turnovers, 0.6 blocks, 0.8 assists, and they average seven fouls a game. And that's the center position as a whole. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, 3.4 rebounds out of your center position in a five-game stretch? I mean, that's just – that's hurting. That's really hurting this team. Ian, do you have any thoughts on those numbers or just – well, Coach Edwards and uh, the, that staff said this summer that they were confident that they had the interior players to compete in the Mountain West this year. So I hope they take a good look. I think Thompson's going to be a tremendous player, but we need to complement him with some interior players, some some athletes, some athletic, physical interior players. And why they didn't go out and recruit one or two of those guys in the offseason. They really should have went out and got another interior player to combine with Naughton and Thompson. And well, I don't, the one, why they, don't why they didn't go do that. Well, the one thing, and I don't know if this guy was a banger or not, but that's kind of one of my regrets on the season is to kind of see what Luol Dunk could have done this season. Well, he's not, he was not what I'm talking about. He was, well, I know, but he's six, seven and he's, I mean, he's like, he's kind of, they compared him to the athlete that Banks is. I mean, he could have maybe been a guy that could get you you know, five or six rebounds. He's not going to be yeah. that banger you're talking I'm about. I'm talking but. more of the, the six, eight, 220 pound type. Yeah. Guy. The guy like, the, like from, uh, 180 pounds. I mean, we have to redefine what an interior sure. player is. Interior player to me is Josh Adam or Josh Davis or Derek Cook Jr., Larry Nance. I'm not saying we're going to get that caliber of player in the recruiting cycle, but we need to we need to go out and find somebody in that JUCO transfer something that with a little muscle on him they can get in there and and it's only going to make thompson and not better players to be able to rotate those three with two guys with another player and when one of them's have an injury illness you, you can bring one guy and so i think it has to be a serious uh priority of the staff to go out and get a, at least one interior player i would actually recommend getting two well the problem with that is I mean, we only have one scholarship available. And I, I don't... Well, you're right. If there's one scholarship available, you darn well better go out and get a good one. If one opens up, I think you need to go out and get two just so you have a little insurance, and then you can rotate. You have a rotation between the, the five and the four spot. Or you put some weight on some of these other guys. You get them in the in the weight room, and you put some – and we need a big jump from a, a porter or somebody along those lines. Uh, we're kind of running along here, so let's – We've got about another 10 minutes or so. Let's try to wrap it up in the next 10 minutes. So, I mean, we could talk about this all day long, I, I'm sure. But is there any more of the individual stats in this one? I know, I mean, that you really want to highlight in this one. Uh, Clay, I'll start with you. No, I think we've kind of talked about it. 
just we just need more people to score. And like I said, we just we didn't even make 50 this time, but we're not going to win ball games with one person scoring and everybody else being low numbers. And I mean, from an offensive perspective, we've got to clean that up. And, uh, we just didn't do it this time. So just to finish off your stat there, Clay. So in the last, uh, in the last, so the last time Wyoming had a where we scored, we we had three guys. Let me start over. I'm I'm struggling here. I can't. I mean, I need to use my words. So the last time Wyoming had three guys or more in double figures was six games ago, and that was the Air Force game where we had three guys scoring double figures. And then prior to that, there was only one other game where we had two guys in double figures. Every other game, it's just been James is the only guy in double figures. I mean, like you say, Clay, that's just not going to get it done. And most nights our opponent has, you know, three or more guys almost every time. Yeah, and he has to really go off. Like, I know one game, I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head real fast here, but 36 points or something like that. I mean, he has to really go off to to uh, make up for some other guy not scoring in those double figures. But, you know, we just if you look at the key to success, you know, just from a box score perspective, okay, and I'm not talking – I know there's other intangibles and uh, details that uh, don't make this foolproof, but what I'm going to say, just from a scoring standpoint on the box score, if you look at the other teams, they all have, you know, three or more it seems like. And well, yeah, just to, just to go off your point, UNLV had four in the double figures, we had one, and CSU had five in double figures, and we had one. Yeah, and it's been like that in some of these bigger losses where they've had several guys, and, you know, and like I said, we, we talked about different things, and there's so many points, but just from the scoring standpoint, we have to find more points from somebody else along with James scoring, you know, in the 20s. That's that's really the only way we're going to win ball games because we just don't have the capability to keep teams that low. And we're not going to win games if we're in the 50s or lower. We just – that's not been our – that's not been our success thus far in the games that we have won, the six games. Yeah, that's probably where we missed uh, Hunter Maldonado the most, huh, Ian? Would you agree with that? The second – Kind of second night in, night out score that you can rely on to get double figures? I agree. Hunter Maldonado, was, I thought he was going to have a terrific season for Wyoming. I have no doubt in my mind about it. And he would have been a great second option for uh, Justin James. I mean, he's a skilled guy. He could hit the short range jumper. He's a guy who hit the three shot. He could penetrate. He played with high IQ. I don't think fans understand uh, – what a good player he is for Wyoming basketball and what kind of player he can be for Wyoming basketball. But yeah, I tend to agree with what you guys just said. Um, I look, I, I just see the Colorado state game and I see between James Hendricks and Thompson, the Cowboys were one of seven, 16, one of 20 or something. I mean, that's, we got to have those guys shooting better than that. And Jake Hendricks, one of nine Thompson zero four. I really think that was one of the critical points of this week is an inability to hit that open open shot when it was there oh for sure and just to go back finish off your point about Hendricks. so the first game he came back was air force he had 21 points he was 7 to 12 from the three-point line so that was obviously a great game so since then the five games since then he's had a, he's combined only scored 32 points which is 6.4 points per game 
And right now, without Maldonado, he's kind of expected to probably be our second go-to scorer. And he's been 9 of 36 from 3, which is 25%. So when he came back, he was like a 43, you know, 45% three-point shooter. And now he's dipped down into the 30s. So I think that's really hurt us. I mean, if he would have been shooting like he had in that Air Force game, which obviously you can't expect him to shoot that good. But let's just say he shot 40% from three. I think that changes the tenor of both these games. I tend to agree with that. And uh, I watched him shoot and he's just, it's not like he's missing these shots very badly. He had a couple that he missed badly, but he's just right there with all his shots. So my assumption is he's going to come out and uh, down the stretch and have some games where he shoots better. And that's going to help the Cowboys out. Yeah. I mean, I would expect him to have some games where he's hot, but he seems like a hot or cold shooter, which I guess is kind of the nature of three point shooting, but why can we trade him for Sam Merrill clay? Will they, will they make that trade? Oh, that's not very nice of them. Uh, all right. Well, let's kind of, as I mentioned earlier, we got some winnable games coming. For, well, let me first just ask you, are you guys good on the CSU game? or I'm done with the CSU game. Can we forget about it now? I never, never, I never want to talk about that game again. So. I think Jeff's tired of hearing about it too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our next game is Fresno State at Fresno State, which that's going to be a tough one. Uh, that's the 27th. Uh, neither of you guys know, is that Wednesday? I'm guessing that's Wednesday. That's a Wednesday night game at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or Mountain Time. Well, that one could be ugly as well. I mean, obviously, it'd be nice if Wyoming went there and surprised us and, you know, stole one or was just competitive. But, but after that, we have three games left, all winnable. Home against Air Force, and Air Force is pretty solid. So, I mean, it's no gimme by any means. At San Jose State, which I know we're not a very good road team, but San Jose State is an awful squad. So, I got a chance there. And then home to New Mexico has kind of been struggling of, of late. Uh, although I didn't see what they did Saturday. I don't know if they even played. But So, we've got some wonderful games. I mean, I'm not going to predict that we're going to win any of them. But, I mean – let me just ask you this. Let's just say we lose all four of those games, go down to the Mountain West tournament and lose. Does Edwards should we should we get rid of Edwards or Okay, let me let me let me re-ask my question. So let's say we lose all four games, lose the Mountain West Conference tournament game, and then two or three players, two or three of these younger players leave the program. Do we fire Edwards? At that point, I think I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to say yes. If we lose out and we lose two or three of these young guys, I say, I say we got to, you know, got to look to somebody else because then we'd almost be into a full rebuild. And Edwards is only has one year left on his contract. He'd kind of be a lame duck coach. So, I mean, at that point, a lot of times he either, you know, fire the guy or extend him. Uh, where would you come down on that clay? I just feel like, you know, he has to do something in terms of keeping the players around. And, you know, if we go three and one or two and two in these last games. Um, Bring know, all our guys back. Then, yeah, then I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, I would say, but it, it definitely if people are deserting the program and, you know, we just kind of end on a real low note, even when we have some winnable games, 
be tough. I think it's going to be a tough uh, decision for uh, the University of Wyoming to keep them around. I just, you know, you have to see some kind of progress, especially in games where you should be competitive. And if they're really ugly games, then I'm going to tell you that he's probably on his way out. That's just my feel, but I know sometimes the contracts and us as a school that, you know, struggles with, you know, paying people and running multiple contracts at the same time and stuff, it's always tough, and that's one part of the decision. I mean, where would you come down on that scenario I get where we lose out and then lose two or three of these young guys? At that point, would you be wanting to move on or you still want to stick with Edwards? I would I would probably personally want to move on, and I would hate to say that because, you know, obviously I like Edwards and the staff a lot. I think the classy group of people. If that scenario played out and the Cowboys don't win another game and they get blown out and you got – you know, Edwards uh, losing players and we've got to start the cycle over again. I just sometimes think it's better for all parties to move on. But again, there's going to be a lot of other factors involved. I mean, with financially still, I think he still has two years left on his contract. A lot is of it two or is it one? I thought it was one uh, year after this year. I thought he signed a five-year contract. I don't know. I might have to go back and see that again, read that again, but I thought it was a five-year contract, but. Okay. Yeah, maybe, you could be right on that. But anyways, there's, I think Berman would, I, I my hunch is Berman wants to keep give Edwards another year. I he wants to give Edwards another year, give him a chance, uh, especially with all that's happened this season. But I do see the other side of the the coin of the people that are very unhappy with the program, because uh, I don't think what we, what's happened even last year. I was a little disappointed with the way that team finished. I think they could have that team could have been better. I think they could have made a run at the top of the standings or at least been in there. And they were close. I mean, they were a couple games away from being. Th- third in the conference last year they just couldn't get over that new mexico um they beat us yeah. all three times well they had the game at home against colorado state where they didn't come out with any edge or fire a game they should have won and they had a couple other instances last year a very similar type of games um that team could have been better it, it, there's some pieces that could have been added so there there's there, those type of situations so i do see both sides of the the coin here um, so we, I guess what I'm going to do is just wait and see and get a, get a feel for the next uh, four games, how the tournament goes. And, and as you mentioned, uh, we, do we get everybody returned back into the program for next year, at least the majority of key players return back into the program next year. Sure. Yeah. I think that's the big question that, you know, needs to be, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see if, you know, how we finish up the season. And then, you know, if we're losing two or three of these young guys, then we'll, I think that's what would turn the tide for me. But all right, uh, I think that does it for this episode of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. But before I close the door here, I'll just give Clay and I one more chance. Clay, you have anything else you'd like to mention? Or? Well, um, I'm going to tell you, I, I feel like we could, um, best case scenario, I mean, I, I really believe that it'd be tough for us to go 4-0 from here on out. But I, I think um, – the high end of expectations for me could be three and one, and uh, you know, a reasonable expectation could be uh, two and two on this uh, next four game stretch. And then um, I think it's inexcusable for us to not win a game. This team hasn't beat the optimism out of you yet, huh, there, old boy? No, I still got some hope, and uh, you know, there's uh, there's hope. I think we've we've proven at least with. Uh, you know, these teams that are left, that, uh, not New Mexico, but 
Well, a little bit with New Mexico, but I, I would say that the other three teams for sure, we, we showed that we could just be right there, um, you know, beat one of them, and then the other two we were deep into the game with them, and you know, so I just feel like we could we could go three and one or two and two, but I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna predict that we go two and two. Ian, you got any? Ian, you got any other thoughts? Uh, I I like what Clay's thinking is. I think the Cowboys could potentially. Uh, there's gonna be opportunity to go three and one. I could see them finishing off at two and two to finish the season going into the tournament. I predicted back in. Uh, January when they were really struggling that they'd find five conference wins. So we'll see if that ends up being the case. And Clay, just remember, ho hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. No good thing ever dies. That's right. That's a, another Shawshank Redemption quote for you guys that listened to the last podcast. Uh, and if you haven't seen that movie, I highly suggest you go out and watch it. Uh, all right. I think that wraps us up. We'll uh, see you guys sometime next week and Go Cowboys. Thoughts on Wyoming basketball. Your hosts, Mark Oberman and Clay Cates. Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.